of saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Amen. Be seated. Well, good morning. Good morning. We are glad you're here this morning. I want to welcome everybody and join in all those who have welcomed you already. And uh, thank you for being here. I know that uh, you've heard me say it before, but there's a lot of places you can choose to be, and we appreciate it when you choose to come and worship with us. Um, if you're joining us digitally, however you're doing that, whether through your, your phone or your television or whatever, we welcome you as well. We're glad that you're here, and we hope that uh, you will uh, consider yourself uh, part of this church, even if you are just uh, right now, because of uh, concerns, a digital member. We are glad you're here. So uh, before we jump in and finish our, our last uh, sermon in our Grinch series, um, I do want to remind you this coming Wednesday night, uh, we will have a prayer service here in the building, uh, 6.30, our usual time. And uh, we're going to really focus on praying in the new year, um, on, on uh, asking God to, to bless the coming year, and uh, really focusing in on uh, praying for a lot of different avenues. And we're going to try to do that in, uh, in both some traditional and uh, unique ways. And so I hope you'll be able to join us for that. As we just watched our clip, we're gonna we're gonna end up where the Grinch ends up, um, you know that 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 passage at the end. We even put it on one of these banners over here that that the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. When we last left the Grinch, he was stealing all the gifts. He was stealing the, the presents, and he was stealing the wreaths, and he was stealing the tree. He, he was stealing the, the food and the pudding and the roast beast, and he was stealing everything. And, 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 and he was doing it with such joyful glee. He was so happy with himself. He was so excited because he was going to get these who's, the, the who's down in Whoville who had tormented him for so long in his mind, who had, had, had been with their infernal happiness, uh, the, the bane of his existence. And, and he gets all this stuff and he loads it up and he takes it all the way up to the, to the top of Mount Crumpet. And why is he going to the top of Mount Crumpet? Because he wants all their stuff? No. Because he wants to dump it. He wants to, to throw it away. See, the Grinch is not doing any of this because he wants the stuff. He's not doing any of this because he needs any of the things that they have. He is doing this purely to inflict pain on the residents of Whoville. He is uh, standing there atop of Mount Crumpet, about to relish in his moment of victory. Everything that he has been working for, his entire plan has come to fruition in this moment. And now he's going to hear that sound, that sound that he's been longing for, the sound of the pain and, and the anguish and the grief of every person down in Whoville. And he is ready to hear that, but he doesn't hear that. As we know, and as we've, we've heard the story over and over and over, the Who's don't cry out in pain, they sing. They sing joyfully, and it's more than he can handle because it's not what it's supposed to be. It's not what's supposed to happen. They're supposed to be upset. They're supposed to be heartbroken. They're supposed to be crying out, not singing. 
And in that moment, he has this little bit of epiphany. Because maybe what he's been fighting with is something that he hasn't fully understood. Maybe Christmas is not something that comes in a box or in a bag or in a package. Those things are nice, but they are not the heart of Christmas. Maybe Christmas is something more than all that stuff. Now, if you just had Christmas, you had a lot of stuff, right? And, and you just spent time cleaning up the, 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 the bags and the bows and the, and the ribbons and the trash. And, 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 you know, I don't know, my kids are a little bit older, but when they used to be young, they, you, you spend all this money on toys and they're playing with the boxes and throwing wads of uh, wrapping paper at each other. And, and, and you wonder, what's it really all about, right? In that moment, the Grinch's heart grows three sizes, is what it says. Then the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. Now, that's a serious medical condition that you should see your doctor about. But here he is laid out on Mount Crumpet with his abnormally large heart, and, and he is, is captured. And, and, and what that is illustrating when his heart grows three sizes is, is not that there's some kind of medical condition, but in that moment, he begins to feel. And, and he begins to feel something that he's never felt before. In that moment, he starts to, to understand love and joy and feeling, and, 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 and this is something that he's never dealt with before. Now, I say all that not because it has anything to do with church, but in a way it does, because those of us who are in tune with the gospel can look at this and see that the story of the Grinch is a story of redemption. The story of the Grinch is a story of salvation, and, and I don't know whether Dr. Seuss intended it to be that or not. But, but he pulls us in, right? He sucks us into this story, and we get caught up in the, glinch, the Grinch's joyful glee as, as he's ready to inflict all this pain. And, and we get sucked into his, his plan as he's, he's ready to run in and he's ready to do all these things. And, and, and we kind of enjoy watching him do this. And before we know it, we have, have realized that maybe this story is not so that I will identify with the who's down in Whoville. Maybe this story is so that I will identify with the Grinch. Because when I look at the Grinch, I have to admit that on some level, I start to see myself. Maybe there are times when I, I get upset at the people around me for no reason. Maybe there are times when, when, when I lash out, not because I need things or I want things, but because I just want to inflict pain. Now, the Bible says that that's my sinful nature. Paul will call that my flesh. And, and my flesh reaches out and acts in ways that are fleshly. And I find myself being the Grinch. See, if the Grinch only teaches us that Christmas is about consuming and buying and getting, that's a great lesson. But I think there's more there. I think that if we really look with gospel lenses, and if we really look at it, we, we start to see there's good news here. There's gospel here. 
If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 1, because we're going to look at uh, 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 not just Jesus. In Luke chapter 1, uh, uh, Zechariah is, is uh, uh, having a child, John, who we know will later be John the Baptist. And, and as Zechariah is finally able to talk after he has been uh, struck mute for, for the entire pregnancy. As he's finally able to talk, he, he blesses and prophesies about this child. In Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 76, he says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The promise of Christmas is not found in boxes and bows and bags. The promise of Christmas is found in a baby in a manger. And the promise of that Christ child is not just that God has made flesh and made his dwelling among us. The promise is that that child is going to live in a way that makes him a perfect sacrifice that I can never be. And, and it, it, the promise of Christmas is that through this child is going to come salvation is going to come reconciliation with God, is going to come redemption, and, and ultimately transformation, a change in hearts. For those of us who are hardened, for those of us who have, have, have given in and, 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 and lived in ways that, that we're not proud of, for those of us who have struggled with, with, with loving our fellow man as, as we wrestle with these things and we have these hard hearts, this is the promise that, that, uh, of the fruition of the prophecy that goes all the way back into the Old Testament. The kids have been talking about Ezekiel 36, 26 all three weeks. And in that, in that passage, God says, look, I'm going to sprinkle you with water. I'm going to wash you clean. I'm going to make you new. And in that newness, I'm going to take out your rock-hard heart of stone, and I'm going to replace it with a heart of flesh so that you can feel and so that I can work with that, so that you are malleable. The promise of Christmas is not in what's under the tree. The promise of Christmas is in a manger. In the Grinch, we see the, the worst kind of evil. We see an evil that is not based on selfishness as much as it is just on hurting other people. He, he hasn't been threatened by the Who's. He, he's not acting in any kind of uh, self-defense. Um, he, he doesn't want or need the things that he steals from them. He isn't plotting to keep them and, and turn his mountain cave into some sort of Christmas wonderland. He, he doesn't plan to profit from this. It is all about hurting the Who's. He doesn't want the stuff. He only wants to see them suffer. And here in the midst of this tale lies that, that, that fleshliness that Paul will talk about. The Grinch is driven, driven by a, a singular desire to steal the joy of others. That's all he wants. He wants to cause others pain. And, and in that moment, the Grinch cannot redeem himself. He can only be redeemed from outside. Here in the, in the midst of this tale... And, and, and we see that, that 
just like the Grinch. In, in, in the movie, it's Cindy Lou Who, but, but in, the, in the story, he has this epiphany. But in that moment, we see a gospel moment. Because when God breaks into the world, when God breaks into our individual world, when, when God breaks into the world that we live in through a small child wrapped in a manger, light is brought to the darkest hearts. Watching the Grinch as morning comes and the light of the Christmas fills the world around him, you can't help but see the fruition of, of words like Zechariah's. And Zechariah, as, as he makes this prophecy about his son, you, you hear these words in verse 78, and, and we apply them to the Grinch, but we can also apply them to our own lives. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's redemption. That's, that's salvation. That's transformation. That's something different. That's a new heart. But the Grinch doesn't just get a new heart. He doesn't just get to feel. See, he, he doesn't just get shown the error of his ways. In that realization, it leads to a confession, but it also leads to a reconciliation. He has to do something about it. Because it's not enough for us to just say that, yes, a baby was born in a manger. M most of our Western world has been saying that all week. But if it doesn't change your life, if it doesn't change your behavior, if it doesn't change what you do, then it's just one more gift under one more tree. See, the Grinch comes back and starts returning the gifts. Think about the Scriptures. Zacchaeus doesn't just own his shortcomings. He starts giving back to his neighbors. Matthew doesn't just renounce his past as a tax collector. He gives up everything and follows Jesus. Saul doesn't just acknowledge that he sinned in persecuting Christians. He, he becomes a whole new person with a whole new name and a new mission of telling the world about the Christ. Author Jerome Kapolsky writes this, I wonder whether How the Grinch Stole Christmas intends for us to be seduced by the Grinch, becoming a conspirator in his crimes in order to discover in a most Pauline manner our own sinfulness and thereby participate more fully in the Grinch's redemption. We see the Grinch transformed, but it doesn't stop there. We see him feeling, but then we see him go back, and we see him start to give back. And, and, and the beautiful thing happens is that at the end of this story, we see the Grinch in a whole different place. At the beginning of the story, the Grinch was separate. The Grinch was ostracized. He was on top of a mountain, all alone and separated from everyone. At the end of the story, he is part of the Who's celebration. He is part of the Who's feast. He is sitting at the table with those he just hated. Now, I don't know about you, but, but that reminds me of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Because Jesus invites us to sit at his table, to partake of his body, to partake of his blood. And and Jews and Greeks, slave and free, male and female, all of those, anybody who was ever separate from anyone else is no longer separate. They're no longer ostracized. They're no longer put put aside or cast away. They are one community, one body that the Bible calls a church. And they're trying to live differently. And they're trying to act differently. And we're trying to to live transformed lives. We're trying to live to be the people that we were created to be. The final act of the Grinch's transformation is reconciliation with the people of Whoville. This morning, the best thing I can offer you is not a song of Yahoo Lore. The best thing I can offer you is that The heart of Christmas is a gift, a gift of God-made flesh making his dwelling among us, that that the creator who created a cosmos with a word chose to give all that power up to become an infant who had to cry to have his diaper changed. Wrap your head around that for a while. Why did he do that? He did that so that your heart could be changed, so that to fulfill the prophecy in Ezekiel that he could replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Like I told the kids this morning in 2 Corinthians, Paul's going to say that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's not the same anymore. The old's gone away and the new has come. That comes through being in Christ. And this morning, that's what we offer. We offer the opportunity for you to be in Christ to be a new creation, to have that heart of stone replaced with a heart of flesh. You do that through confessing that Jesus Christ is your Lord. All that means is that you say, look, I'm done trying to do it my way. I'm going to do it his way. And and then you repent. And all that word means is that you're just turning around and going in a different direction. I'm not going to keep doing the same things I'm going to do. I'm going to come sit at the table of Jesus Christ. I'm going to come and, and, and be transformed and live a life that reflects him to the world you believe you confess you repent and then you're baptized and all that is is a a physical manifestation of our surrender and being raised as a new creation and the bible says that when that happens the same spirit that brought jesus back to life comes and takes resident in your mortal body to give you a new life the old is gone the new has come This morning, if we can help you with that, that's what this song is going to be about. It's an opportunity for you to come forward. Maybe you're in a place where you felt pretty grinchy. And and, and at some point, you did become a Christian, and you did confess Jesus Christ, and you did pledge to repent and follow Him, but you haven't been living that way. It's never too late. That's not the gospel of the Grinch. That's the gospel of the Bible that it's never too late for you to be transformed, for you to be changed. We would love to pray with you, to lift you up, and to stand beside you as you make that pledge. However we can help you, I invite you to come right now while together we stand and sing.